Smooth season has arrived. Summer's the time to show off your best skin and best self. Visit European Wax Center to find your new state of smooth. Your first wax is free. Select services only. Exclusions apply. Visit waxcenter.com for details. Welcome back to another episode of Exo Nicole's She Comes First podcast, brought to you by European Wax Center. I'm your host and the editor-in-chief of Exo Nicole, Brooke Obi. She Comes First is a podcast that celebrates Black women who are prioritizing themselves in every way, spiritually, mentally, emotionally, physically, sexually, we get into it all. We're talking to some of our favorite people about the practice of soul care as self-care. We're moving beyond the spa days and pedicures into the practices that actually enrich our lives, tending to the true essence of who we are. Today's guest is Amber Riley. We all know and love her from Glee, The Wiz Live. She won season 17 of Dancing with the Stars. We've seen her hilarious characters on A Black Lady Sketch Show, on the movie Nobody's Fool. We also heard her amazing EP, Riley. Um, We saw her star most recently on the Lifetime drama, Single Black Female. And lately she's been really open and honest about her journey to healing and self-love. And so we're gonna get into all of this with Amber today. Thank you so much, Amber, for joining us on She Comes First. I'm so happy, 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 happy to talk to you today. Um, I'd like to start off with just a little quick game of X or O. Um, And so I'm gonna ask you some questions and then you just tell me which answer either X or O you would go with. Okay. Um, so you have to pick a song to perform, to sing for your life. Are you going X and I am telling you or O, I will always love you. Ooh, I'm going to say, Oh, I will always love you. Yes. I remember when you performed yeah. that on Glee too. Like, tell mm-hmm. me, tell me what's your connection to this song? I just love the song. Whitney Houston is uh, such a huge inspiration of mine. Um, obviously, I have a connection to and I'm telling you, mm-hmm. but there's also PTSD with that song because I sang it every night for a year. <laughs> so I'd rather sing. I'd rather sing Whitney. <laughs> okay. Okay. That's, that's leading us into our next question. So um, you have to choose a performance, X or O. Are you going X theater performance or O studio performance? That's hard. Uh, I, okay, I'll say O, studio performance, because then I get to just be myself, so, and I love that. So, yes. a studio performance. Yes, love that. Okay, you are preparing for uh, vacation. Um, are you X, shaving, O, waxing? I'm O, waxing. Great. Yes. We love that. We love that. And then finally, um, are you, you're going out, are you X looking for that natural makeup routine or O, are you going for the full beat? Oh, it depends. Cause I can do a full beat now. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I, okay. It's been hot this summer. So I'm going to say X just because it's, it was a hot summer and we couldn't always do a full beat when we, when we walked out the house. 
Yes. Would you some light? <laughs> <laughs> love that. I love that. So I really want to start at the beginning for you, um, or at least our uh, the public understanding of who Amber Riley is. You know, we first were introduced to you through American Idol. You're 17 years old. You're, um, you know, auditioning for this uh, major show. And there were some years between American Idol and Glee. So what were those years like in between while you're waiting for your big break? What were you doing? What was your mindset like? Like, how did you stay motivated? How do you stay focused? Oh, my gosh. That was such a long time ago. Oh, my goodness. What was I doing from, like, 17 to 21? Uh, well, I worked at Ikea, uh, which is a job I actually really enjoyed. I actually liked it. I worked in customer service at Ikea um, uh, musically during that time. I would do demo work for random producers that wanted me to come and just like sing their songs. Um, other producers that were selling songs, I sang background on a lot of, of records. I go sang a lot of records that I can't talk about to this day because I was under NDA, but I've sang for like, I literally was a ghost singer for a lot of big artists like in the early 2000s, singing all their, their stacks and vocals or singing over their vocals or being under their vocals. So. Um, just like there are ghost writers, there are also ghost singers. Um, but yeah, that's pretty much what I was doing, making, you know, I had a regular nine to five. And then on the outside of that, I was making money with small gigs and, and small clubs or bars, wherever I could just to make extra money. That is so interesting. I don't think people realize what you just said, like about ghost singers. Mm. Like, tell me a little <laughs> bit more about that. How common is that? Like, what's the process for being a ghost singer? It actually is, it's it's more common than people probably think. Um, but there are records, I mean, even back in the day when they used to do those dance records and you know, those those black women that would sing on those records and then you would watch the music video and it's like a model. Like it's, it's almost essentially the same thing. We would go in and, you know, maybe the artist, we'll just say maybe the artist's voice wasn't where it needed to be that day. Or there was just a note that just didn't come out appropriately. You kind of go in and, do what you do you fix the vocal and you get your little get your money you keep it quiet and you go but it is i have a i have a lot of singers that made a good money doing that oh i love that that's that's good Mm. that's good to know um and so then okay so you're you have made it you're on glee huge show um represented for the black girls for all the black geeks gleeks in the world yes you know (laughs) love that love that but even within that, you know, I remember this episode um, where Mercedes is telling Mr. Shu, like, you have me in the background, you know, just coming out to sing the ad libs, you know, when you need a complicated run done or something like that. Because it was like mm. you were definitely speaking for all of us watching, like, we we all have ears, like, we know who's talented, like, why why are we why are you doing our girl like this? So, um, <laughs> what, and so what was that like for you, you know, playing a character who felt like, you know, not being as appreciated for her talent. Um, And then you too, you know, having such a big, beautiful voice um, and, you know, having to pull that back a little bit, you know, to to sing in other places. What was that like for you? Oh, I literally felt like it was art imitating life. I dealt with, I've dealt with that my whole entire life, you know, being a plus size black girl, I'm not racially ambiguous. I'm, you know, not skinny. You know what I'm saying? Like you ain't, you're not trying to figure out what she mixed with when you look at me. I'm a black girl. You know what I'm saying? And I think, you know, they don't think that black sales in this industry. Um, so 
being on the show and, you know, telling that story and then getting a storyline where I get to actually say, like, you're putting me in the background and I'm a star was really, like, it felt so good. So I remember reading the script and being like, finally, I get to say it out loud. You know what I'm saying? Um, but, you know, it is it is what it is. That was my very first job. Um, and I was there to do a job. And I did my job very well when I got my opportunities to shine. I was trying to burn retinas. And <laughs> when it was my time to sit back and shut up, I sat back and shut up and let somebody else shine. So great lesson and a, a great first job. No, I love that. And you've shared too that that was a little bit of a difficult set for you at times. Mm. So we're all about, you know, self-care at Exo Nicole. So for you, you know, how were you taking care of yourself and the times when Glee was difficult for you? Not very well. Mm. <laughs> you know, I didn't, I didn't know mental health was not a, a thing that, you know, we talked about in the community, in the, in the black community, especially where I'm from. So I didn't even know that my mental health was deteriorating. I had no idea that I was dealing with anxiety. I had no idea that I was dealing with, you know, depression. Um, I would talk to doctors about heart pain and all this kind of stuff. And of course, you know, when you are a bigger woman, they only going to equate everything to your size. They're not going to actually diagnose you and figure out what's wrong with you. They're just going to tell you stop eating. Mm -hmm. uh, so I never went to the doctor and got a, a real diagnosis and uh, or anyone that was really interested in figuring out what was going on with me. So, you know, my mental health definitely deteriorated during that show um, because it's, it was it was so new. It was a cultural phenomenon. I was thrust into something that I completely nobody would be prepared for. Nobody was prepared for this show to do what it did. Um, yeah. Thank God for social media. Um, because that is where I started learning about mental health and therapy and what anxiety, what, like, I, I didn't, I didn't know. Um, but that is one great thing about it. Um, all these different talks, phenomenons, different walks of life that you start, you start to learn from other people. So that's really when I, I, I think I kind of started recognizing that mental health and issues, depression, anxiety is a thing. Yeah, I really want to acknowledge what you said, too, about um, the care that you were or, or were not receiving um, in the healthcare mm -hmm. industry um, and not, you know, being heard, not being listened to and, and your your concerns being dismissed um, yeah. as, you know, some some issue that can be solved with, you know, weight loss. So how are things for you now? Do you um, do you have a, a team now, a healthcare team that's, um, you know, able to you know, pay attention to what's going on to you and to speak to those things? Or do you feel better able to advocate for yourself now at this point? Oh, absolutely. I mean, uh, with with age and time and how the, the stigma is being taken out of, you know, dealing with mental health issues, I definitely have found my, my tribe. Even, you know, my friends, we talk about mental health. You know, my best friend is a mental health professional. He's a life coach. He was a therapist, but you know, he's a mental health professional. He was very essential in me finding my therapist. I've been in therapy for the past three years and I'm moving into getting a life coach because I got such such a well of information of how to take care of myself and pay attention to myself and what my needs are and how to feel my own well, you know? Um, so ab absolutely, I definitely have a really great support system now. I love to hear that. Um, so when you're talking about therapy, like how... In the past three years, like, do you, do you um, 
what do you think you've learned the most about yourself being in therapy? Like, how have you grown through that process? Oh, gosh, I learned um, what intimacy looks like. I've learned vulnerability. I've learned um, that it's okay not to be okay. Um, I've learned to sit in my feelings. I've learned all emotions are valid. I've learned how to respond to my emotions and pay attention to my emotions and how to take care of them. You know, no emotions are bad. Like I've, I've learned so much um, that you would think it's common sense, um, but until you really take the time to uh, explore, you really don't know. You know, you really, these are things that we feel like we should just know but they're actually things that there are things we have to unlearn and then there are things we have to learn. Yeah. Yeah. So let's talk about Amber Riley as an artist. Um, so we know you're a, a singer, also a songwriter. You put out a beautiful mm. EP in 2020 Thank you. called Riley. Um, loved that, uh, that single um, black girl or big girl energy. Um, so I'm, I'm wondering what was that process like for you creating during the beginning of this mm -hmm. pandemic and this uncertain time and putting out music at that time? Like what, what was, what were you, how are you processing all of that? Man, when I tell you that was tough. So I, I actually started that EP before the pandemic mm -hmm. hit, it got finished right when the, I literally shot, uh, the music video or the viral for my song creeping a week before the world shut down. Mm. Like, so when my EP came out, I was like, oh my God, I put all this work into this EP and I'm stuck at home for a year. So it was, it was, it was pretty tough. Pretty, because that was my first project that I've ever put out on my own. I produced it, you know, myself along with Sons of Sonics. And it was, it, I felt like it was such an amazing, beautiful um, project. Um, and so it was really, it was, it was really tough, but the whole process was very cathartic for me mm -hmm. because I got to say things that I, you know, I've always wanted to on a song and give that, you know, that Riley attitude. And, you know, then I got to talk about love and I got to talk about heartbreak and it was, um, it was disappointing.